Hey, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of The Daily Objective. Based out of the United Kingdom, the Ayn Rand Center UK, we are here to tell you about some British political developments uh, today because it kind of applies to the whole world because philosophy applies to all of us that have a mind. And what happened in England is something that I'm, uh, I'm excited to learn about and we're excited to explore. And for that, we need a guy who understands British politics better than anyone. This is a guy who's been, his, his picture was literally in The Guardian. That's, that's how relevant he is. We, we had to pay him extra to be here today. A man who understands it better than anyone else, the British expert himself, the very Greek, Nikos Sotarikapoulos. Good evening. Hi, everyone. So actually, the, what gave rise to the story we discussed today was didn't technically happen in the UK. It was a tweet by CNN, which referred to women as, quote, no, actually, we don't know who does it refer to. So I need your, I need your uh, help in that. So it, 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 it was about the recommender, a recommending a cancer screening, which is very important for, quote, individuals with a cervix. Now, some people said, uh, obviously, you mean women. And some of the people who said this actually found themselves into trouble, believe it or not. So an MP, a Labour MP, Rosie Duffield, was uh, subtweet, uh, quote tweeted and says, sub like you mean women. And she found herself in the epicenter of a Twitter, let's say, reaction by people who consider this a transphobic tweet. So let's put some perspective here because this is not something new. And I know most people got it, got to this story with, 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 with uh, an attitude of that's funny, and in a way it is. So there were all these tweets like, when you're in love with a beautiful individual with a cervix or pretty individual with a cervix and all that stuff. That, that, that's fun. But I don't think the story is funny at all because if you see where it comes and if you see where it goes. So last year to celebrate International Women's Day, a, a local council in Merseyside, which is let's say the wider area of Liverpool or towards the north of the UK, they raised the flag and because they had to choose what exactly flag would not you know, offend anyone. So it couldn't be the LGBT flag because it was specific for women. It's, it said something like, so it said this, it had a slogan and the slogan was quote, women, comma, noun, comma, adult, female. So that's like as vanilla as it gets. So we celebrate women and women means need. Not so soon. So there was a big reaction to that and Merseyside had to take this flag down. And the idea was that these would discriminate against a particular uh, a group of people who identify as women, but they are not noun adult female. And another incident was that last year, some universities, when they had to celebrate Women's Week, they didn't call it anymore Women's Week. They called it this word that I don't know how to pronounce. And doing some research, I don't think that anyone knows to pronounce, which is women, but instead of an E, it's with an X, Wim X N. And you could say this is at the fringe of Twitter. This is basically some radical activist. This is not the case. And this is one of the things I want to discuss today, how quickly everyone basically paves the way for this 
for these views and for this development. So the British Medical Association uh, has for some time uh, referred to pregnant women, not as pregnant women, but as, quote, pregnant person. And the Cancer Research UK recently, uh, instead of using the term women, use the term anyone with a cervix. And if you do some research in other institution, another government or non-governmental bodies, you'll find more ways to relate to, to mention that. So I found, for example, also humans with uteruses. Now, there's so many things to discuss here. But the first thing I want to, to, to spot, and you can, you can comment on whatever you want, but that's what really strikes me, is how dehumanizing this is. Because it reduces you to, to a mere, to basically a reproductive organ. I mean, at least the term woman has, you know, you could say it's still identity politics, but it's, it brings some connotations that, that include some form of character, some character traits. So you get, you get the whole a person. And this is not only in this area. So for example, also we saw with Black Lives Matter and with critical race theory, the idea of referring to black bodies. So I find all this discussion not only creepy in terms of how quickly everyone is ready to kind of bow to these new developments, but also on how it views people and how it views individuals. But as I usually do, I threw too much on the table, so you can pick whatever of that you want. I mean, I know some people would respond to what you said and say, well, no, you're the one reducing people to a single organ when you kind of group them all as, as a woman or a man. And, and there is this, um, there is a large, or I don't know how large, but there is a community of people that identify as non-binary and they're going to be the next super minority where everyone needs to apologize to them and everyone's in trouble for not recognizing them enough. So even uh, classifying people separately by people with a cervix, well, I, which I guess is kind of what they're doing here. They're, they're not even uh, inventing a new concept for people with a cervix, which would cover both, you know, women who identify as women and women who transferred over to men. It's, it's just saying anyone who might need this medical procedure, basically, is how they're putting it. Um, the non-binaries, the, non the NBs, they are the... Uh, they are going to be the next, or if they're not already, they are the final stage of um, probably not final. There's always going to be a new minority to displace the ruling one or the most oppressed, whichever side you're looking at it from. The non-binaries are going to inherit the earth because um, they, they feel that normal, just regular trans people are oppressing them and marginalizing them and trivializing them because... Why, why emphasize gender so much? I, you know, if I'm non-binary, if I don't identify as either gender or if I'm somewhere in, in between the two or on, in, a, in a different dimension of gender, then, you know, you're, you're not recognizing my existence by, by categorizing people this way. Um, I think we're, you're correct to bring up uh, the way that concepts are used as a, as a sort of uh, tool, as a tool, as a weapon. Because that it's ultimately is a conceptual battle at the end of the day. It, it is philosophical when concepts become widely considered as social constructs, that concepts do not refer to anything in objective reality, but that concepts are true are just simply a social construct, then it now we're in a sort of lobby system of, of the concepts. 
You like how I bring the lobby system into every, every discussion. We are now in a lobby system of concepts where different people, different groups are sort of being, uh, being organized to sort of lobby. No, 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 we want this concept. Oh no, you can't use that concept. It truly is insane. And uh, God help us when this translates into guns being pointed at one another. I mean, it, it does translate to that in, in countries that don't have the First Amendment. You can get in legal trouble for using concepts that people consider to be marginalizing. And it ultimately will happen in America as well. You know, I, I mean, maybe it already does in the workplace. You can get in legal trouble for not using the pronouns or not using the concepts that you're expected to use and then what happens when uh you know people are retroactively getting in trouble the person who is complying with the demands of the concept police today 10 years from now or even a month from now is in trouble for not for today breaking the rules of tomorrow if, if you know what i'm saying so uh we, we might be pulling down the statues next year of people who are completely woke today just like, I mean, J.K. Rowling, who had a similar, almost almost the same exact story. She tweeted out in response to something like individuals with cervix or individual with a uterus. J.K. Rowling said, hmm, isn't there a word for that? Now she's in big trouble. And this is a feminist. This is, she's probably a Marxist. Who knows? Maybe J.K. Rowling is a communist. I don't, I, I mean, she's a feminist for sure. Um, you know, five, 10 years ago, she would be as woke as it gets and, you know, upsetting people on the right by being so feminist and all of that. And, Probably, I think uh, J.K. Rowling was accused of of indoctrinating the youth to be too sort of um, tolerant of, of gayness, right? She made one of her characters gay, and that was controversial. Those days are over when J.K. Rowling is considered controversial from the right's perspective. Today, J.K. Rowling is seen as the right. Uh, she's seen as a conservative for um, trying to defend the concept of woman. Yeah, to be honest, I don't think she's a Marxist. But anyway, that's that's okay. I, I, that was me. I, I mean, that I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So, so here's something which really I think is 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 really that I cannot explain. We do have concepts for people who don't fall under this, let's say, label, and it's understandable. Again, as we say every time, we are the number one defenders of people's individual rights against against anything that violates these rights. But we do have terms. My problem here is that we are intentionally, intentionally confusing concepts. And again, my problem, I don't see that there is a cabal there of either feminists or leftists or LGBT people who are, who are uh, you know, want power or whatever. That might be the case, but I don't think this is the problem. And I don't think this is actually what, what happens. And I'll explain why. What we see here is an attack on language, right? Some years ago, we agreed supposedly, that gender and sex is not the same. So when you say women, it's clearly, in, in the terms of a cancer kind of test, it clearly refers to the biological, let's say, sex, right? So I don't see why we need to be confused. But my problem here is that this is an attack on language. And in a way, this is even worse than the new kind of meme, two plus two equals five. When you say two plus two equals five, at least you make a claim to knowledge. You're false, but you're within like truth and false. It just happens that you're false. When you give up completely on definitions, when you basically say, well, a man can have periods, it basically you're saying that I have zero interest about the concept, about the idea of concepts. Now, I'll be very happy with someone telling me, 
oh, by the way, by men, I mean this. So under this definition, men can have periods or whatever. But usually you don't find this. You find these terms not being defined. So we live in a world, I don't remember who mentioned it in Atlas Rack. It's like everything is jelly. Uh, gel, you know, this, this thing which is, it's not stable, it's not, it's something that's in between. You, do, you cannot cut yourself from anyone. That's why when you are under attack by these people, there is no defense because there's no objective way to defend yourself. There's no definitions, there's nothing. You mentioned J.K. Rowling. Here's the latest development in the J.K. Rowling game. So someone who is a fan of J.K. Rowling and apparently agrees with her views on, on gender, uh, had a campaign in Edinburgh train station saying something like, I love J.K. Rowling, or I stand with J.K. I love J.K. Rowling. It was I heart J.K. Rowling. Now, here's a very interesting thing. The network rail took it down as too political. So on the one hand, we've made we, uh, the term woman basically a forbidden word almost, and now saying I love J.K. Rowling is political. But here's what I found the most philosophically interesting issue in the story. Here's what was their uh, explanation for that. So they said, quote, we do not allow advertising that is likely to support or promote one viewpoint over another. So this is basically who, we, who, who, who we're dealing with here. We're not dealing, and I'm saying this every single time, we're done mostly, we're not dealing with zealots who have like a manifesto of radicalism and they want to impose this. We're mostly dealing with this kind of thing, which says, I don't know what's happening out there. I don't know, just leave me alone, leave me alone. Well, some people told me that JK Rowling is not good. I have zero judgment of my own. I cannot judge whether a poster that says I love JK Rowling is good or bad. Just leave me alone, basically, right? And that's what I found most scary. And that's why I said, we are in deep trouble because in a world where the idea that women have penises is something that can get you into trouble, is a world that anything can go. Is a world that two years from now or two months from now, you can find your, your, the police knocking on your door for anything. And we already see it. For offensive things that cannot be objectively defined why they're offensive. And if you ask them, Officer, do you think that I did something wrong here? They have nothing to tell you. But also there's nothing on which you can, you can hold on to defend yourself. So that's why I don't find all these things as a joke. I find this thing as a very, very dangerous sign of decline and, and of imminent risk. Yes. Um, you know, I don't quote the Bible very often, but the story of the Tower of Babel uh, comes to mind. Um, it's a, it's a, it's an important story. Um, because the, if I recall, I don't know how much of this is actually written in the Bible versus how much of it was just told to me as sort of supplemental, but, um, God made it impossible for the different parties, the different people to communicate. They all suddenly spoke a different language. Their, their plan was to build a tower at, all the way up to the sky so that they can, uh, displace God, I think is how the story went, which I think is a noble, thing to try to do as the greatest thing you can want to do as a man one of them is to build the tallest building possible and treat this earth like your personal b-word or your personal individual with a cervix as they're called now um but god didn't like that of course uh and god made it impossible for them to communicate 
and they of course failed at the task at hand. Now, this is a deep story. It's, it's, it, it refers to facts on the ground. We need to be able to communicate, which means not just that we have a shared language, that is a sort of derivative step. It's that we need reality as our frame of reference. Reality needs to be what we can both sort of refer to when communicating. And language is also not, it's not a social construct. Language is not just a means for communication. As objectivism points out, and I'll try to explain this properly, language is actually primarily for personal use. It is the final stage of concept formation, right? I'm getting a thumbs up from the Greek guy, so you know I'm on the right track. Um, uh, concept formation begins at the perceptual level, you know, using your five senses. And when you're done forming the concept, it gets a name, a verbal auditory uh, title, which, which is back to the perceptual level back to the perceptual, back to the senses. And, uh, and then communication with other people comes after that. I mean, language is primarily for your own retention of concepts. We need to remember that the people who are running amok right now, they have a philosophy. They, go, they all went to school or they were influenced by people who went to school where they were taught that people of different groups are unable to really communicate because they basically live in different realities and that even what these groups even are is up to arbitrary edict. And some of them think that each individual sort of creates his own reality. Other people think that different groups sort of have their own reality and which one of them is right can just be up to different groups or different individuals or whatever it is. Eventually we might see this blended with religion where God or gods or different conceptions of God are at play. I mean, there's no telling where this is going to take us when philosophy has become a joke, when philosophy has become insane. But, but it's not sort of by accident that we arrived here. It is problems in philosophy that were never addressed through the ages, that were never solved. And I would recommend Ayn Rand's epistemology and her conception of man as a heroic being, her conception of values. These are indispensable to address these problems that we're seeing all around us. Remember, it is a, ultimately a philosophical battle. So don't mistake these uh, lunatics as just being lunatics that we can just counter with common sense because ult ultimately it's philosophers who rule the world and we can only beat a philosophy with a philosophy. And here's an example that comes to no, actually, no, no, that's open. It's a big discussion. But just to say, I completely agree with you. And I want to say I've trademarked, not really, but I do now, the term epistemological Babel Tower. That's exactly what you live. I think what you said is on the money. And th this is very, very scary because, again, if communication is impossible, what is the only way we can deal with each other? Violence, force, not, maybe not direct violence, but force, control coercion right and again this sounds i know this sounds a bit but you see it you we see it every day when the police knocks on your door because they said you 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 said that man has a penis and you cannot anymore bring them like the dictionary and, and explain them the the the, the 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 operation of concepts then again as we said we're on deep trouble do you know who is trying to get us out of all that trouble the Ayn Rand Center UK, perhaps? The Ayn Rand Center UK. And the Ayn Rand Center UK, in half an hour, organizes, in my opinion, one of up to this point, its most important debates with Dr. Gina Gorling and Dr. Diana Fleischmann on evolutionary psychology and on issues of free will versus determinism. So 
Uh, I encourage people to attend. You can find more information about how you can sign up either on Ayn Rand, the London Meetups Meetup page or on Ayn Rand Center UK Twitter page. And again, we've said it many times, uh, Ayn Rand Center UK is stepping up its game. The Lord Emperor behind the scenes is working very, very hard. So the sender, uh, it would be good if you would support it by becoming a member in, I think, Ayn Rand Center slash membership, something like that. But if you're really determined, you're gonna you're gonna find it. Or you can also you can always uh, drop an email to the social media, and Razi will get back to you on how you can help. I'm so, looking forward to hearing this very important issue be debated and and explored by the two individuals with the cervixes that you mentioned. Yes, <laughs> and I stuff. think it's. And it's, it's, it's very important to have such top level people and scientists on, on their field, Gina and Dr. Fleischmann. Okay, so many thanks to everyone from myself and from Raka, all the best.